0: That's yeah. a secret drink, <laughs> we can't talk so. about that. We can't talk about that. We can talk about WordPress web development.
1: Good segue. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Hey, what's up everyone? This is Jason Tucker. And this is episode number one. I haven't said episode number one in seven years, guys. What? So this is pretty awesome. So this is episode number yeah. one of a new show on WP Watercooler called Dev Branch. And so what we're going to be doing is talking a little bit about development itself how development works, how the code you're using works. We're getting all, we're doing all the things that Steve says, whoa, 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 whoa. We're getting way too technical here. We're not getting too technical (laughs) here anymore. We're just not gonna be newbie anymore on this show. And so we're gonna be doing this show on the first Friday of every month. So it's 12 episodes a, a year, unless some weird thing happens on a Friday on one month. But we're gonna we're gonna try to do these things. Um, yeah, do it. Do any any holidays happen on Fridays? Usually Mondays, right? Yeah. 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 Varies. I don't. Can you have two first Fridays in a month? Because oh, no, you can. No. Yeah. 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 I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna be uh, discussing the you know discussing all this sort of things. So I wanted to kind of give you a little little bit of a rundown. If you're watching this, going like, what the heck happened here? Why can't Jason use better graphics in the background? I don't understand why everything's messed up. You did that on purpose. On um, purpose. Yeah, I did it. On <laughs> with purpose too. So yeah, let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced. Um, let's see here. How about Russ go for it. Uh,
2: so, Hey, what's up? I'm Russell and uh, I'm on WP water cooler. It's weird being on the dev branch. We, you know, we moved offices this week. I was in this one corner office and now they upgraded us to the big guy show. So I'm in this other corner. It's great. You know, you'll get used to it.
0: Um, I'm Russ. I do things in Vegas with WordPress. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Rochelle, how about you? Tell us about yourself.
1: Um, I'm kind of one of those unicorn people that does everything, but I try to stick to development, but I get dragged off into design and SEO shenanigans too, but I I love development and, uh, WordPress is one of my favorite platforms, but I do other things and I'm all over the place.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Good to have you. How about you, um, Cosper? Hey
3: everybody, Jason Cosper, AKA the woolly mammoth of web development, AKA fat Mullenweg. Just happy to be here. (laughs) Let's forking do this and talk some WordPress.
0: Sweet. Steve, how about you?
3: I'm Steve Zangit. I am the founder of
4: Zeke Interactive. I run the OC WordPress meetup.
0: Sweet. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. And my website is Jason Tucker blog. Um, I, I do, I do multiple shows now. Look at this. We got three of them now, Steve. I actually have a network. How about that? So we do W water cooler. That happens. Like uh, every other... Yeah. Yeah. We do WP Water Cooler. What happens on here? We also do another show called WP Blab. Both of those um, happen on Fridays, so feel free to go take a look at that. We do social media marketing and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Um, and we um, we also, you know, we, we do this sort of stuff. So if you can go take a look at us over at nine o'clock as well as 11's, eleven o'clock on Fridays, we're Pacific over here in uh, LA Orange County time. So feel free to go take a look at that. And I do want to let you know that uh, the show is brought to you by ServerPress, makers of desktop server. They make local WordPress development easy. Go take a look at them over at serverpress.com. All right. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about kind of like shared code bases in a way. And maybe even how like you're, if you're not sharing it with somebody, but just like, how are you kind of storing your own code base, your own code snippets, gists, all those sorts of things and kind of uh, discuss some of that stuff. My theory <laughs> My, my theory on this is kind of how I look for technologies to
2: use. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, like, I'm going to find a plugin and, like, you know, Gravity Forms. They have an extensive library of what you can hook into and what you can do and where you can go. So, you know, like, I'm using their library, their documentation as my guide first. And then, you know, as I start to copy things and build my custom code, I'm saving that to a Git repo.
0: That's a that that's a good one. That's a good way of going about it. Um, I know that we've seen people like will use like different there used to be some software called Codebox that you'd mm-hmm. kind of throw all your code into it and have your friends share, you know, you can share it with your friends and kind of use that stuff. Interesting, you know. Um Looking at people's gists, the, like those sorts of things. But like when you're working with like multiple people in, a, you know, in, a, in an environment, Steve, how do you guys go about that? Like with your, your office, have you guys figured out like this is how we do it here at Zeke? And so this type of code is what we're going to use when we want to do this type of output.
4: Um, yeah, in a way, I think uh, you know. Part of your question was about uh, shared environment, so I can talk about that process a little bit. Um, we um, very much rely on Git, um, and um, and so that's where we store all of our code. That's how we um, it's how we collaborate on code. Um, but more important than the the repo itself is is. When working as a team, you have to establish protocols bef- before you use any any system. And so those protocols are what are really what 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 makes you most efficient. Right? And so everybody's going to be a little bit different, but we have an established list of uh, of protocols that every team member follows so that we know this is where we can find these particular functions. Um, this is, you know, this is the place in the code that we're doing these particular things. This is our branching strategy, you know, all of that stuff's important so that anybody that picks up a piece of code, it's consistent from project to project, uh, so that they know where to look for, uh, for, for particular things. that, that makes sense?
0: Yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense.
4: And, and again, those protocols are going to be different for every team. We've, we've established our own set of protocols that works for us. Uh, And every new team member that we bring on board, we train them to those protocols. Um, But beyond that, I mean, again, uh, we're using using GitHub. Um, We have a particular branching strategy. um, And the mechanism that each of our developers use is a little bit different. I like using a program called uh, Git Tower. Uh, on my Mac, managing my repos, but my developer is actually just like using command line, right? It's just where they're more comfortable, and so that doesn't matter yeah. as much, um, uh, as long as the protocols are being followed.
0: So when when you're you when you're um, when you're following those protocols, like where are they pulling that? Where are they pulling that from to be able to say like I'm at this part in my project now? I need to grab this type of thing, or I need to pull from this table, or I need to pull from using this function within WordPress or something like that. So the code's consistent. So how do you guys manage that? Are you asking where is that documented? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, We, we so we have our own Git repo for
4: managing those protocols, right? And so we, we sort of document that inside of Git as well. And so we've got a repo that is essential to our team. And we refer back to that for where we document those protocols. And that's once you establish those protocols, it doesn't have to be set in stone, right? You're gonna, it's gonna evolve over time. So it is yeah, meant as a living, breathing document, right? And so it's, we do it in Git so that we can um, update those protocols and 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 make those changes uh, in a live environment.
2: One thing we used to do at WDS very well was that we actually had like a document and everybody would refer to the document if, you know, you needed to use ESLint, here's, Yeah, we did it. Or here's our new standards. Here's how you load that into Sublime or whatever. We actually had documentations. One person wrote it and then, you know, that kind of caught us up. And then we would have dev calls throughout the week to say, hey, did you have any questions about this reading that you were supposed to do? Or, you know, you'd get like an open kind of environment, much like we are now with, you know, everybody on a team call and we could share a screen and get everybody on board.
3: So, so where, Rusty, where, where did you keep that documentation? Was that just a Google Doc? Was it? Um...
2: We, so WDS actually has their own subdomain, and it, it's just like all their uh, blog posts, you know, using is WordPress. It a, is it a wiki? It, it, it Kind of. It, it's all WordPress-based, and there's just post types, the output to where they need to go, you know, and then you add categories and stuff. It, it's, you know, how we, how we use WordPress and how we build WordPress are kind of the same thing in that regard. We're using like WordPress. P2? Yeah, it's exactly P two. Without P two, <laughs> I, I think it was based on P two, or still using that theme. Relatively, like you know, around right. there, but, but it's kind of that same strategy. Yeah, that's cool.
4: What one of the one of the protocols in, in particular that um, you know I want to point to that again we we use. It's not necessarily appropriate for everybody, but we we have a, uh, a a belief that we've put in place where you know we we make it so that not only do we not um, alter core code, but we actually put it into our system where you're not able to alter core code, right? And so we we rely on Composer uh, quite a bit. So all of our all of first of all, core WordPress po- code is not part of our repos. So our repos are typically the WP Content directory only, right? right. But even within WP content, we're not committing any plugins, any any standard plugins or premium plugins into our core code. We're I, using I would, Composer I even, all of that.
2: I would even say you're not doing your images. You're not doing like, like a lot yeah. of directories in there. You're only getting themes and We're plugins. excluding all that. Yeah. The, the only things that you write is, is what correct. you're introducing into your Git repo. That's correct. And so um,
4: Composer is a great tool for that because – um, we, we use a um, uh, a site pretty often called uh wpackagist right yeah. so if you're not familiar with wpackagist it's where all of the code for um, all of the, the, the code is available for the wordpress plugin repo so yeah. any plugin you find let's say like wordpress seo right Yoast, the Yoast, uh, Yoast SEO plugin that's something we just enter into composer it's one line of composer and the code itself for that plugin is not in our repo And what, what we do as part of our deployment system is it use, it also uses composer. So when we go to deploy, it's pulling that plugin from WP packages rather than yeah. from our repo. And so when we when we go to update WordPress SEO or any plugin for that matter, we're just changing one line inside of Composer, creating a new lock file, and letting it pull the code rather than us com- committing that to our uh, our repo. So, so that's, again, it's one of our protocols.
2: So part of that protocol, Steve, is is you're saying that in Composer, this is the version of, let's say, this plugin that I want to use. And you're actually locking it to say... If, if any version that is not this version don't execute it because we only want this version to run and you're basically controlling the quality and the output and you're saying we've tested this is what we not guarantee but you know th- this is what we will say we built we and we know it to be true to work that's correct um,
4: yeah. and and more importantly we also uh, disable um, the 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 uh, add a plugin or update a plugin inside of WordPress, mm. right? So sure. We don't let yeah. our clients make that mistake either. So essentially we're turning off the ability to cowboy code uh, for our clients uh, inside of WordPress. Nice. So everything everything we do runs through that composer file. Um, and so like the rest, like you said, I think this is an accurate statement. We're, we're saying to our clients, hey, we've tested up through this version. We know this works. Oh, like, yeah. If a new version of a plugin comes out, we're able to test it locally once we verified it, then we, uh, we update it in the Composer file, and only then does it get up to, updated on well, the so
2: so, so so like doing your process, you're going to log into your local, run Composer, and update the plugins, and then you're going to run your test and then commit it to Git. And then push it to Git, and then that reaches to its deployment wherever that goes. You know, it's kind of like your whole process in in so many ways. And it, it, it's kind of the standard that I've seen in the WordPress ecosystem is using Composer to update, verify, use Git to push to check on different branches, and then you do one commit instead of like 10 commits
4: <laughs> there's just there's two more two other parts of the step that you that uh, that you left out but that is very accurate cool you know, one part of the step is first you branch right so so we we branch everything off so that we're working in a in a branch that's not affecting production right? I, i'm i'm
2: assuming the people know how to branch but okay okay
4: <laughs> but we we, we we branch the code and then when we've tested it we integrate that branch into either a development or a staging branch yeah. uh, before we go out to production. And those staging and development branches go off to a whole different server where we can we can test or have the client review before we go out to production.
2: You know, you're right. I'm better than that. I should always say do staging before you push to production. I'm right, Steve. <laughs>
0: Hey, Rochelle, for someone yeah. who who does does coding yourself and may, you may or may not be working with the team Steve works with the team because he you know he's he's paying his <laughs> team but yeah. when you're working when you're when you you yourself you know i I had um, we had a guy um, way early on a friend of many of us um, Dave jesh would always say um, that he always wanted to make sure that future Dave, was, was okay with what's going to be done here. You know, you're going to take care of future Dave. And so you want to make sure that you're not messing up your code and then giving future Dave something that he has to deal with when you're working by yourself, you're essentially working both you currently as well as you in the future and you're reusing that code. How do you manage that?
1: Um, it depends on the project. Uh, if I'm working with another team, like I work for some agencies and I will follow whatever process they have, which may or may not be good, but uh, I, I, I will, I, am adaptable. Um, when I'm doing my own stuff, I typically like to use Git to manage, uh, kind of in a similar fashion, you know, to, to manage full, uh, sites and, but, there's another thing that I've, I've been thinking of is like managing smaller pieces. And I feel like it doesn't always work for that. Um, like more like front end little tools and gadgets, like styling forms and little things that I reuse. So I've been using code pen for stuff like that. Nice. And then uh, I have another aspect of that. It's like little things that I reuse in WordPress a lot, like little PHP snippets or, um, JavaScript things. And so now I also use, um, I've been using Microsoft OneNote, God help me. Uh, but, but code, I could paste it in there, I can tag it. And um, it allows me to be able to find things easier. I have everything like organized in its little notebooks. And I'm probably going to move away from that because I have started using um, Notion for kind of my internal documentation and stuff. And so I think I'm going to start storing my code snippets in there. But I don't think that they have. Um, added any functionality for code formatting yet? And I've been asking them about that for a while, and uh, so I don't, I don't know if that's happened yet or not. But I'm, I'm still trying to kind of find the perfect ecosystem for all of my little snippets and
4: things. Yeah, what's so nice it's, about it's, Notion
0: is at least you can do wikis off of Notion. So yeah, I love that's, it. That's cool
4: here's here's what we do we actually have a separate repo for our own internal stuff called uh, wp Utils, right and and any little snippet that we need for wordpress that we think we're going to reuse on another project we just put it there and so we that that by itself is its own composer package and so we're bringing that in composer that way we're able to update the util you know externally and and Brilliant. run composer once and, and update it for all of our projects at one, in one shot so
2: Brilliant. i use i use google tag manager for doing a lot of things externally with like you know because we use third-party softwares here at the hotel mm-hmm. so i actually keep a repo that's called like tag manager and i keep it with all my other local sites and i have folders you know called data layer push or called, you know, this tag, cause it's all JavaScript in the end. So I'm using sublime text to format it to JS or whatever. And then I'm just saving it again to a repo. And then when I'm ready, I just copy that over to tag manager and you know, mm-hmm. hit save. And I, I'm using it that way.
3: Cool. So uh, I, I also use Notion. Uh, despite the fact that I do work in uh, a team, uh, I do have like one-off projects that I do myself, uh, and I uh, fervently believe in self-documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, of to, to go back to go back to uh, Dave Jesh and future Dave, um, okay. future future Jason needs to n- know what uh, the thought process was for. Uh, installing a particular plugin, uh, doing things like that. Um, as far as storing code snippets go, um, I use uh, something called NV-Alt and I'm actually, I've been on the beta for uh, NV-Ultra. Uh, it is a piece of Mac software. It's forked from uh, notational velocity, which I believe is cross-platform. Uh, and basically uh, it is a, a very, uh, quick way to take notes it's a it's a note-taking software uh that is markdown compatible and uh effectively um i i think and i write in markdown i write my slides uh for presentations in markdown so anything that allows me to to kind of uh write in that way is is something that i love um mm-hmm. and uh it stores uh, code snippets and doesn't mess them up it doesn't try to like uh you know uh
1: characters that when you copy them into a site it breaks everything and you don't know why <laughs>
3: um, absolutely
2: you microsoft word oh sorry go ahead
4: yeah
3: by the way but, oh go ahead no so uh, <clears throat> that's that's basically it. I, I i hoard almost everything i do in yeah. uh NB alt uh, and and that is Uh, something that I store and backup obsessively, but like store internally. Uh, And uh, the nice thing about it is you basically uh, command L to go to the location bar and it acts as a search field. So I can look for uh, any bit of code, any, anything like that. Uh, I comment my code religiously. uh, So that way, uh, you know, just by searching a, a quick comment, I'm normally able to find a snippet that I would use. Um, now,
2: and, not only that, but do you leave links to like, hey, this is where I got it? Like, you know, absolutely. I do that too. Like, I'll leave a link and it's like, hey, exactly. this is some guy's blog or whatever. But this is exactly where I copied it from and it works. Or here's the Stack Exchange where this worked. Like if
1: that's something that works on Stack Exchange.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's a unicorn code, but it worked. Sure
4: by the way future steve thinks that i'm a jerk <laughs> i don't i'm not actually a very good co- code commenter I'm, I'm i'm notoriously bad at that so,
2: um. so, so sometimes i i write it in a way that i'm like oh i'll totally re- remember that in five years and i am just like what
3: yeah <laughs> Russ, to um, to kind of expand on that, like saving links, uh, I never depend on a link actually being there. Uh, as somebody who has been blogging since the early 2000s, uh, I, I don't know how many broken links that I have in my old posts and stuff like that. Um, uh, there is, I found recently, a very handy uh, command line application called Monolith that actually will save, um, uh, save a URL uh, as a single HTML file, but it'll have all of the resources, the CSS, the yeah. JavaScript, uh, et cetera, all in there as like one like cohesive thing. It's basically a web archive. So uh, when, I, when I find something that is extremely useful, I've been backing it up with Monolith lately um, just to make sure that I still have a copy of it uh, five, 10 years down the line.
0: So I guess I, the trick is, is where do you store that backup that you've, you've now pulled that, you know, you've now pulled down, you gotta, you gotta put it someplace for you. I, to, I, access I, I it later. to say, You have an external hard drive somewhere with just thousands of PDFs somewhere, dude. I have, a, I, have a, I have a stack of them on my bookshelf that I have no idea what's on there.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mystery drives.
0: <laughs> Cosper, how do you, mat? how do you, how do you go and access that later or how have you come up with a, a good solution for that yet?
3: It, it's 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 new enough that i haven't come up with a with a solid solution uh i've been backing up um uh, effectively been backing up to uh, dropbox uh, anything that i save in monolith um uh, but eventually it's something that i would like to uh i personally back up my computer to like four different places um i, I use uh, arc arq uh a bit of software to to back up to uh to uh amazon to s3 uh i use backblaze uh i have time machine uh so yeah. there's there's uh, a bunch of different copies of this I feel stuff like, besides I, you feel like you
2: I feel like you don't trust the government you bury your money in back like like your backyard because <laughs> they have all these technologies <laughs> that
0: you hey man use. you're the one that lives in Vegas you probably have some money in your backyard Ooh, and don't even know it that's all, all I'm right.
4: saying
1: or a dead body <laughs>
0: <laughs> for, for me, for me at my work, the, the stuff that I've been using is um, I I've tried a couple different wiki based WordPress, you know, plugins that, you know, to store that information in there, but essentially it's just a custom post type that I'm throwing this stuff in there so that people can, um, you know, access it later. Um, I have used in the past. Um, oh, what's the name of that? There's, there's, there's one that, uh, Oh, I can't remember now, but there's one one of these one of these uh, wikis that, you know, essentially runs off of a Java server and it you have to kind of, you know, have all of this extra stuff to kind of mess with and ends up working out with um I think is it Atlassian that makes it. Um starts with a C, I can't remember what it's called, but anyhow Confluence. That's what it is, oh. Confluence. And so I used, oh, we uh, use Confluence pretty re- I know, I know Steve, but we, we ran that pretty religiously yeah. until I got to the point where I was like, if this thing ever breaks, because it runs off of Java, that I'm going to have to do something with it. And so I ended up scraping all of it out and throwing it into WordPress and calling it oh, a yeah. day. Th- that's, <laughs> a- that's actually how I believe, Jason, that you use it because you don't remember the
2: name, but I bet you, you have a hotkey somewhere that just brings that page right up. So that's <laughs> Well,
0: pretty- now I don't even touch it. I'm like, forget that thing. <laughs> But yeah, I want to have something that at least um, you know is is kind of purpose built for you know for dealing with code, which I'm I'm very curious, uh, Rochelle, about when Notion actually adds that in to where it's more it it knows that code has been put in there and that it's gonna yeah. style it appropriately and all of that.
1: I feel like it's been on their to do list for like. Maybe a couple years now, so I don't think it's a priority for them. But maybe if the whole developer community keeps harassing them, because I know a lot of developers are using Notion, at least for documentation, and would probably be using it for for Cody stuff if it yeah. you know handled it gracefully. But
2: maybe yeah. they, maybe they need a Git branch to create all this. You know, maybe that maybe they've been
0: doing this wrong the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. What else you guys got? We got a couple more minutes left. Any well, other uh, little nuggets we can share?
4: Well, yeah. So um, a good compliment for uh, for our Git repos is uh, uh, it's called Buddy. It's a system. I, I think I've mentioned on, on the uh, water cool in the past. Yeah, uh, Buddy uh, Buddy Works is a, is a system that we use for automated deployments, right? Mm-hmm. Or continuous deployments. Um, and so um, Buddy is not just um, uh, a way to deploy code, but it also does tool chaining, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, we depend on that for um, uh, all all of our deployments and all of our projects, right? So uh, essentially, what it does is it, it hooks into Git, um, and then you connect it to your server to 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 move the code uh, uh, over. Uh, but in that in that deployment, you can you can do things like run Composer, you can do. Uh, so you can, yeah, you can do, you can compile, but yeah, you can also throw in something like visual testing, like something like ghost inspector. Right. And
2: mm-hmm. so
4: mm-hmm. what's great about, uh, about buddy works or any sort of tool chain system is if you put these verification steps in place, you can actually stop the deployment if something goes wrong. Right. Yeah. And so it's a great um, automated way to make it so that you don't make a mistake. Right. And so you don't roll out code that might have a bug in it that you didn't catch. Right. Or you don't roll out code that, that's going to completely bork your website. Right. What's, um,
2: what's, what's cool with Buddy is like you can actually have a YAML file that can connect to it. You can do it through Composer. I mean, there's, there's different ways to trigger to get it up to Buddy just to deploy as well, too. So, I mean, the, the, it, it's very verse in that way. Um, I use DeployBot, is what we've been using for a while. We used to use
4: DeployBot, we switched over to Buddy last year
2: um i'm kind the, of on a budget that's why we're using deploy bot but I, I i would i would be on buddy or like beanstalk something like that if, if i had uh maybe a little bit larger of a, of a budget
4: it's a nice thing about both of those systems and, and having one of these systems in place is, is it it gives you an undo right and so it, it's it's if you, if you if it do if it, if it does go through all your verifications you can still roll out something that's wrong that has an no oh shit to, button <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it'll go it'll back to it'll roll back to the last deploy, and I, I know that there's ways to do that. Sorry, real quick, there's ways to do that through command line through Git, and you, and you can you can do that. But in the heat of the moment, right when when that oh shit moment happens, you really just want one button that you push and and not have to worry about it.
2: The only time that goes wrong is when the code changes a table in the database. And when you roll back, now it it doesn't undo that. As far as like deployment and code and PHP yep. P- files or whatever, exactly what you're saying. Like you just have that peace of mind of being like, what did we do? No, I don't want to do that again. You know? Well,
4: but you could as part of your tool chaining, right? And this would make for a longer deployment. You can have it trigger an API to yes. run a backup. Yeah. Right. And so if you're working with a managed WordPress host that has a decent API, just just have it have it, you know, run a backup before you deploy code.
0: Yeah, it gets scary when you're, you know, creating new tables and then you have an orphan table that's sitting there or if you're altering and now you're having, you know, that is now just kind of, you know, sitting in there as well. Yeah, that's when it gets scary. But I mean, I think what we're
2: what we're trying to define here is that, you know, we're taking a very thoughtful approach to not only are we writing the code, but how is it gonna affect your site when we deploy this? And, you know, when when something breaks, when Jason Tucker, the client, comes to Zeke and says, Hey, what happened? You know, Steve's gotta say, this is what we did, here's what happened, or you know, just like not even blame. It's just how do we undo what yeah. we did? And you just have to understand that process. You You know, and like how do we get it back?
4: And and I wanna reiterate something that Russ just said that I think is very important, right? He's and he said it perfectly when something breaks, because it's not an if. Something's going to break, right? It's just it's just the nature of the beast, right? It's when it's not an if. So uh, the
3: I know. I was going to say to to touch on things breaking. Uh, I th- I think it's uh, good, and uh, I think Bridget in the chat tried to get us to uh, to touch on this a little bit is testing. Um, now uh, I have a coworker uh, at my day job um, that um, who is very into testing. Uh, if you go to a WordCamp, you've, you you might have seen him speak. Uh, Steve Grunwell uh, he talks a lot about. We testing. all just it
2: like this, by the
3: way. Yeah. <laughs> <seeing> <laughs> Steve is Steve is very passionate about testing. I'm going to make sure that Jason gets uh, a link to him in the show notes uh, because he has a, a speaking page on his site that links up all of his talks about testing, uh, and uh, he has taken. A very uh, big approach over the past couple of years about uh, here's how I want you, like here's how you can get started with testing if you've never done it before uh, and, and how to get um, into continuous integration and stuff like that uh, that, that I think is uh, one of those things that will keep you away from running into these failures. And I, I don't
4: want to make a political comment here, but look at what happened in Iowa this week. That was a result of no testing, right? They had a they had an app. That worked, and a reporting system that did not. Right? Just, take a, take a, take a, take the politics out of it for for a second. Right? This was I'll a miss. testing issue. This was a, this was a testing issue, and it was it, they didn't they didn't do load testing. They, it, all this was was a testing right, right.
2: issue. Right. No, no, that no, no. Big miss. No, this is an issue of not having the latest version of the iPhone because their code worked on iPhone X. Okay, it just didn't work on <laughs> <iPhone X>.
4: what?
2: <laughs> That's a testing issue. <laughs> yeah yep, that's a testing issue I a Joke, but
4: all iowa was was a testing issue
1: i just it, finished it. it the day before shipped it
0: <laughs> yep. and with that folks we're out i want to say thank you uh, very much for uh server press for helping us out make sure you go over to their website over at serverpress.com yeah. and subscribe to our stuff we got a bunch of things going on over there um go over to com slash subscribe where you can learn how to subscribe to this if you want to be on this show Like I said, we do this monthly, so you can definitely schedule this out. You can go over to wpwatercooler.com slash join us. And that's where you can uh, learn how to join us on the show here and be able to kind of hang out with us. And if this stuff's too technical, I totally get it. Go over to WP and check out the normal WP WP Watercooler site and the show that we have going on over there. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Commit early, (laughs) commit off.